been fired by Eric Bischoff. Bischoff, or should I say jerk off? And on that note, we're going to go to a commercial break. A bombshell has been dropped. Brian Pillman is in the... No, no, no. Joey Styles, you're not running this interview. I am, cause I'm Brian fucking Pillman. You know what Eric Bischoff is? Eric Bischoff is each and every one of these motherfucking smart marks rolled up in a one giant piece of shit. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ? Okay, smart marks. Okay, you know what a mark is? A mark is a guy that pays his last $20 on crack cocaine. It's a guy that believes that OJ did do it. And a mark is each and every one of you sorry, son of a fucking bitches. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. with me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Ladder war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. Avoid the clap! Good advice from the Top of Wrestling Podcast. And here we are. We're back for another episode because it is Wednesday. And you know that at noon we drop another episode. And this week is a doozy. Got a lot of stuff to talk about because everybody... Let's just talk about it. The internet is already talking about blood and guts. It's divided that way. You have a lot going on there. Plus, we are going to be talking our trip back down memory lane as we relive the Monday Night Wars, and we even have a good shit from NWA himself, Nightwing Analyst. But before we dive in, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, ODM. By the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. Ah, you took it, you took it, you took it. <laughs> Who's Lou? 
<laughs> I almost used that one instead, but oh, it's one of my favorites. By the way, I loved you. What is it later? Miss Cuppet, you better save me a seat, you cutie. <laughs> um, yo, I gotta be honest, I, I just it happened a little while ago, and before I forget, there is a deleted scene where he kisses the other lead actress in the movie. Really? Yeah, it was a deleted scene. I'm like, well, that makes sense why they took it out. But excellent, excellent choice already, man. That this uh, this movie it used to be my playground, so I'm really excited that we're going to be talking about that today. Nice. Oh, that was a slipped reference. Did you get that one? Yeah, I yeah, a little bit. Okay, a little bit, a little Madonna. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man, what kind of news we got on the dock for today? All right. Well, I just wanted to wish. Uh, you know, today is May the 10th. It is a Monday. You know, we'll be releasing on Wednesday. But as of today, May 10th, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to. One of my favorite, more consistent impersonations, War Games, William Regal. William Regal's birthday, all right. Say, throw that in there. That was not your best War Games. Come on, man. Oh, no, I purposely did that. put this in the notes to go, War Games. (laughs) We had that discussion, you know. That's about as subdued as he gets. It doesn't always have to be, War Games! You know? There you go. You got to go all the way, May. (laughs) Oh... All right, uh, next one. There's been a lot of talk about Daniel Bryan and his contract expiring. Apparently his last match against the uh, Loser Leaves Town match uh, against Roman Reigns was his last match. Um, Lots of stories going around. I didn't want to read them all and and, and throw all this conjecture. I figured we'd just take the headline and we'd kind of touch on it because... Yeah, you know there was that quote about that he had at the at the three way at WrestleMania where he just felt disjointed and kind of you know out of body about the whole thing. Um, it's going to be interesting if he just decides. You know, I have a funny feeling that he's not going to just go sign for a company and you know work there for a year or two. I think it's going to be I want to wrestle here and wrestle this person, and he'll do that, and then he'll go on to the next one. Um, I don't know how many matches that'll be. I don't know if I'm even going to be right. Um, but hopefully he has the freedom and the clout to be able to do that. So hopefully we get some decent matches out of it. Well, so it's funny because I read a, uh, an article where Nigel McGuinness was interviewed and he said he'd like to see Daniel Bryan show up in NXT UK. I, yeah, now, I did I see mean, that just, headline. Yeah. Just the, the sheer thought of it is just outstanding. Some right. of the matches you could really see right. over there. Think about but, him and Walter. Absolutely. But the problem is he has to be in England. He's got a kid. He's got birdie. He ain't leaving Nikki behind. Um, He's going to do something most likely in America, unless he's going to go over. Well, hang on now. Let me back this up. NXT does do some tapings, so maybe if they do enough tapings, they could make it work. Um, But I was going to say the only other thing I would see is him going over to Japan, kind of like how Moxley and Jericho do. You you make a quick trip over, and you can come back. A one, one and done if you want to. Holy shit. I mean, could you just imagine? I mean, we're, you know, heading into summer. He could really just mess around, have some fun, and he could be a headliner at Wrestle Kingdom coming up, which yeah. is, you know, kind of crazy. And there's no shortage of names he could square up against. Totally. Oh, I think immediately, no matter what, I think the uh, the absolute perfect match would be your 
ace versus your ace, but I actually don't mean ace as in Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think the real ace of New Japan over the last several years, of course, is Kazuchika Okada. I would love to see Okada and Brian. I mean, like that that's that's a match you put together on 2K after you create Okada. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. That's you don't get. I would love to see it. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go. I, I actually, because then it, it, it could, I don't think he's going to be a storyline issue or a storyline kind of thing. Like the whole Drave Maverick, he's gone, but he's really going to be coming back to WWE. He's probably going to resign with WWE only because if they're smart, they're going to lock him down. They have to lock him down, we, give him as much money and set him up for the rest of his life. Him and Nikki, whatever the case is, because if he goes anywhere, Look at Jericho showing up in AEW. That was cool, right? But it's like, eh, he's a veteran. If they had started, if like someone defected early enough, Daniel Bryan is still a hot enough name where you can defect and make an impact somewhere. I don't think it's going to be like an Omega Daniel Bryan match, though. Something like that. I, I think. No. I think, it's, I, I mean, think it's out of country. I think it's going to be Japan. I really, if I'm going to put my money into anything, I would say Japan. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I certainly hope it's not WWE. Hope the dude either just decides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see. Well, if if WWE is smart, they would use their heads, which is that lump that's three feet above their ass. <laughs> you know, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. Wait here, I'll see if I can dig up a pistol. <laughs> Never tell you look like a penis with a hat. <laughs> Let's not burn them all just yet. Why? It's awesome so far. <laughs> it's the second time she dropped that Bible since she's been in there. <laughs> All right. But, you know, this Sunday, you know, we very rarely talk about recent WWE storylines because why? You know, what I mean, like we, we, we did touch on WrestleMania, you know, we touched on the things that we need to at the time, you know, but if you really go back to last season, we weren't really heavily talking about up-to-date stuff because it's not worth talking about. But right now, right now, you have the absolute best opportunity to get people to watch your show if you do one thing and one thing only. And that is, you make Cesaro your champion this Sunday at Backlash. I'm not calling it WrestleMania Backlash. That's the stupidest fucking it name is. in the world. Yeah, it's capitalizing on your name, WrestleMania, and it makes WrestleMania not worth it to me. You does it? You know what I mean? Like that's it's weird. You're already doing two nights. This is a third night of WrestleMania. But all right, Jay Uso comes back, or Jimmy, which one? Uh, Jimmy Uso came back Jimmy. this past Friday on SmackDown. Um, I can't wait to talk about later. I did see you bring it to the table written down. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> um, but the Usos reunite. You have the will they, won't they stay with Roman. Cesaro comes in, lays everybody out before this Sunday's pay-per-view. Now, of course, you still have, you know, one more SmackDown this coming Friday. What are your thoughts, man? Do you Do you think they'll put the title on him? I don't think they will. I think this is your typical WWE saying, hey, this guy's over naturally. We'll put him in the main event picture, and then he'll lose, and he'll go back to where he was. Um, listen, man. It's going to be Nakamura. Right, because, I mean, look at look at what they did with Jinder Mahal, right? Looking back at it, we can say, that was a big move. Nobody expected yeah. it, and it wasn't 
if if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't even a big four pay per view. No, that happened. Backlash. Geez, I think that actually happened at a backlash. Yeah, I think so. So okay, but but the thing is, there was a very clear motivator in that. They were pushing the India deal, and they wanted right. to capture that market, and it kind of worked, sort of, not really. Um, so I don't see no. that happening with Cesaro here. So I love the idea from a booking perspective. You can always get the title back on Roman. But if you put the title on Cesaro for a month or two, you've got a feud and you can draw that out. You can make good. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that he has to become a champion and go on like a Ring of Honor Samoa Joe kind of reign where he's on where he has it for like 400 days. No, 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 no. I don't care if he had, if he's a transitional champion. I don't mean like a, the recent transitional Miz championship because that one really. <laughs> right. But the fact that when I'm Bobby Lashley, you were like, you mother. Okay. All right. All right. All right. It's Bobby. All right. We'll take it. <laughs> With Cesaro, you're right. You could do this right now. And do you know where you carry this to? Your next fan attended show all the way into SummerSlam. In mm-hmm. Roman recaptures the title makes the family stronger you have now the usos behind you who else i don't know you know i mean maybe they could i mean there is that talk of mlw we about last week yeah mlw man you bring in jacob fatu holy shit yeah. um even if you brought in just rikishi as just a mouthpiece anything anything sure. at all just something but my point is, is that i think that you tommy dreamer just wrote it uh he he was the one that i i read as well if I'm WWE, I'm putting all my chips in right now on him. I'm making him the face right now. Who is your face, face of WWE? No one. You don't have a face. You always have like your your big top uh, baby face, right? Mm-hmm. You you never have your face of a company as a heel. Never happens. So who right now is an actual face of the company? Yeah, I mean, it was Drew there for a brief while, but I feel like that's been buried in Edge. I mean, Drew, for the entire pandemic in 2020, absolutely, he was the the face of the company. And he did great, I think, for what it was. It's funny, I just read earlier today, he said, I'm still chasing my WrestleMania moment. I'm like, that's cool. So, like, you're you're still aspiring to make something bigger than what's already happened. I like that. Um, but... We don't have an actual face right now. Now's your time to make Cesaro a big top guy. Everyone wants it. You yep. saw how much everyone went ape shit for him having his own singles match at WrestleMania. The UFO, of course, you know, everything. Perfect time to capitalize. Yeah, the dude's insane. Uh, you know, my favorites, they, there's a clip of him out there. I think it was like in a four-man tag or something like that or a four-way tag where you just see him run like 30 seconds and it's just nonstop spots. Like he does like the swing yep. and then he goes over top rope and hits somebody. Then he, you know, goes down across the floor and clotheslines somebody just this whole run. I mean, the dude's insane. He's been over naturally Which, yeah, forever. in out of the ring. I, I remember yeah. that. I've seen that. And you're like, dude, I'd be winded after the first one, maybe two guys at best. If I made it over to the second guy, right. yeah, he, he's been over for, over 10 years yeah. in the WWE. It's the chance right now to pull the trigger, man. Please don't be stupid on this. I'm just saying, it, it, if you don't do it today, 
or you don't do it right now, this also becomes your Shinsuke Nakamura, becomes your Bray Wyatt. I mean, look what happened with Bray. He had to, we already talked about it recently. He lost or didn't lose. He won by DQ in a Hell in a Cell match, and it completely deflated everything of his momentum. And then when they got the title, we went, golf clap. No one gave a fuck. Yep. Right now, you'll get a pop. Even if it's in front of only digital cameras or digital LED screens, you're gonna it's gonna happen. So make me wanna watch that on the Pickaxe Network. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, uh, Karrion Cross is calling out Cena again. Uh, I don't, don't really want to see this match. So. Second time in a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. Cena's too busy doing a wipeout. So if I'm it's funny, I just saw a commercial for that the other day, and I immediately, it's funny because I remember they delayed it because a contestant died. Yeah. If you remember mm-hmm. that, right? And, I, and I'm like, well, they delayed it so that maybe it would subside in people's minds. As soon as I saw the thing, I go, ah, a contestant died in that, I think. Like, it was just like, I'm like, well, that didn't subside, never mind. Yeah, right? I'm like, they I wouldn't even host it, but or have it on TV. He, it's him uh, co-hosting with someone else. I didn't even know that. I thought it was strictly him. What I want to say about this whole thing, yeah, it was from uh, BT Sport that Karrion Cross is calling him out again. Again, fantasy booking, or if I am WWE and I'm using that lump that's three feet above my ass, that is a perfect NXT title match at SummerSlam. He's the champion. He keeps calling out John Cena. Cena hasn't wrestled in a long time. You need a big draw name. I tell you right now, even as a guy who's not necessarily a Cena mark, if you put him on the card, it will sell out. Yeah, you would think so. All the John Cena fans, you know. He's your Lesnar right now. He is the he's you know the big draw name, right? Cena's your guy. He hasn't been there in forever. You bring him in to fight Karrion Cross, it's gonna elevate Karrion Cross to the moon as the next guy. Win, lose, or draw, doesn't matter how the match ends. I would put Cena and Cross at SummerSlam. Why I'm only why I put that in the news myself is because it's the second time in a couple of months he's called out Cena. That's amazing to me. I'm like, I've never heard an NXT guy call out Cena that many times. He's pulling on Macho Man on Jerry Lawler. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, So, one more speculation that I have for you. Did you happen to see the tweet that Kenny Omega put out about his finals match from the G1 Climax 27 match against Tetsuro Naito. Next to your notes, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. So, puts out a tweet. It's a picture or a video of the match. And Omega's exact words, he robbed me of winning two in a row. Because he had won the, night, uh, the, the year before against uh, Hikaru Goto, I believe. Is, yeah. Uh, and he said, I gave him, as in Naito, the best match of his career, and I can't forgive that. Because he robbed him of two in a row, and he gave him the best match. Why is he all of a sudden doing this? Or is he just being the smartest man in the business right now? Which is going to be the best thing to bleed into when we talk about uh, Dark Side of the Ring in a couple minutes. But is he just playing everybody? 
Because that's smart. Or are you really going to have Naito and Omega somehow clash? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those matches that's kind of written itself because there's a history there. And, you know, Omega obviously was in New Japan. So there's certainly a lot of potential there. I, I just think it's one of those things where it's so easy to get caught up in everything because Twitter's so accessible that even when there's not this mm-hmm. forbidden door being opened there's still the potential for people. I mean, you see it with Orton. Orton would always talk shit across brands. Um, I think the Revival's done it with Teabag and Mace. So, I... Um, it's T-Boz and Left Eye. It's, yeah, right, T-Boz. It's, uh, I don't... I, I try not to put too much stock in it because the initial response is, holy crap, that would be awesome. And it would be awesome. It has, you know what I mean? The potential's there. But it could be anything. So I'll wait until we start to see something a little more solid to start really investing in what could be. Well, and here's the thing. WWE, they control like 95% of the tweets that any of their talent put out. You know what I mean? It's If you put something out, you better hope that Vince McMahon would be standing next to you and he would say it's okay. And if you don't, you notice they get taken down real quick, right? right. Because people are like, oh. Shouldn't do that. (laughs) Jackson Riker. Anyway, that being said, Omega and all those other guys out there, they can actually blur the lines and go back to kayfabe a little bit because you're not under the WWE umbrella and you can fuck around on Twitter, just like you said, and blur those lines. That's kind of fun. All of a sudden, you're like, I think I'm going to retire. You write that. People are like, it's not scripted. I'm not seeing that on TV. Is that real? Shit. So i I would like to see a cool crossover with that. Naito in Omega, you know, that G1 Climax was my favorite Climax year ever. I had to make sure how I worded that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not bad. It was the, <laughs> Climax year. But it was, uh, that year was, the day before that match happened, Omega beat Okada for the first time in under 30 minutes. And I mean, like I was just coming down from that to then go watch this 45 minute banger between these guys. And it was an outstanding match. I was disappointed that Naito won because I wanted to see Omega go on to, to get the title eventually from Okada. That's what we all thought would happen. Then we got Omega and Jericho and we're like, totally fine. This is cool. But Omega and Naito have unfinished business. So I think it could be a really cool, crossover i think it's just because you know post pandemic hopefully i'm not saying we're actually in post but we're getting there i think and we may see some things that it's kind of like well you guys have all waited a year and a half for some good shit so now we're gonna blow our load and give you some of the best (laughs) shit you've ever seen that's what i would do that's just me all right climax blowing your load (laughs) sound like that's like a melter in the (laughs) all in the same segment wow And Lord, I want to thank you for that uh, waitress in South Bend. You know who I'm talking about. She kept screaming your name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be <laughs> mighty. May our balls be plentiful. I love that part in the fifth inning where you scratched your balls for an hour. Well, if there's anything worth doing, it's worth doing right. <laughs> you, you want me to just go out there with an organ grinder? If your knees are up to it, fine. You quit drinking? <laughs> well, no, I just can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. What else uh, do we have for news here? Oh, man, I'm actually glad that you're going to talk about this. I didn't get a chance to see this one. Please. Yeah, I, um, I'm not going to lie. I started watching it last night and promptly fell asleep. So uh, it was longer than I expected. So I, I think I still got about a half an hour left. Uh, the Macho Man biography. So the Stone Cold one was cool. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I've seen other, you know, docs on him before. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Loved the Roddy Piper one. Loved, loved, loved yeah. the Roddy Piper one. Macho Man one was okay. They, they did show his time, you know, his ICW and, you know, his, his family's promotion and how they were kind of outlaws and uh, really great how he would, you know, cut promos on Lawler, you know, and then, you know, once ICW folded, he was able to go have the match and it sold out. Uh, you know, I want to talk about ahead of your t- in time, you know, booking and just, you know, that's without social media and all that other shit. So that was really cool. What I didn't like was like, I, I maybe got about two thirds, you know, maybe halfway through it. Twice they, you know, and obviously they're going to bring up Elizabeth. You can't not bring up Elizabeth. But like they talked about it real quick and they kind of got like really somber with it, like talking about how like, you know, there was suspected abuse and all this. And, you know, he was real domineering over her. Uh, Hogan, as full of shit as ever. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of went on and, and went back to Macho Man in his career. And then they went. Wait, 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 back up. What do you mean Hogan was full of shit as ever? What do you say? Oh, just talking. I didn't get to see us. Remember this. Just talking about, like, you know, when Liz left, you know, and was staying at his house. At Linda's. Which I remember from Dark Side of the Ring. Right. And, you know, they talked about, you know, how Hogan, you know, noticed it. And then, you know, he went with Randy to, like, a hotel that she was at or something. And he bolted Hogan bolted and just, just the way he's telling the stories, he seems to have a very revisionist history. Like he talked about how he basically got all the wrestlers to move to Florida with him. Well, that's actually not a lie. I mean, everybody did kind of, some did, but I mean, it's not like there was a promotion down there already, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, well by nine, by 94 ish for sure. Right. By 94, 95, he had, what, he brought over Big Bubba Rogers, Nasty Boys, Macho Man, Virgil, Ted DiBiase. I mean, everybody was all going over there and living in Universal Studios. Here is... It sucks that they have to keep referencing it, but the difference is that why we have to hear it is Vice did that, and we're like, we heard a lot about it. Right. So it's like, why do you have to keep bringing it up? It's A&E, it's biography, and it's WWE helping involved as well. So it's their version, so that's kind of why we had they had to kind of bring it up about the abuse allegations. But it's also everybody, I mean, it, it, not even just the Hogan and those guys. I mean, everybody talked about it. Roberts, Jake Roberts, I think, even talked about it on the Dark Side Ring. Very protective of his woman. Oh, yeah. And they're like, why would you bring her into this this business if you're that but he had no other way of keeping an eye on her because if he left her at home who's she fucking that's one way to put it paranoid dude yeah but you know what's funny that being said i can't wait to talk about savage in in a couple of segments and a little bit later on oh sweet baby yes god damn it was Um, awesome (laughs) so yeah the other thing that was weird there was their selection of talking heads you know they had steamboat you know they had hogan you mean like do you mean when now you say talking heads? Do you mean just like the people the, that they you may ask yourself? What did you say? Oh, you may ask yourself, how did I get here? <laughs> it's the same as it ever was. 
a great song. <laughs> Love the Talking Heads. Love the Talking Heads. Um, yeah, like you know, so they had like you know a lot of key players, you know. But then they had, and the weird thing was when they would introduce wrestlers, they would show the the interaction figure. It was just really weird. Like they had Jerry Lawler. That makes sense. They had Kurt Hawkins. They had what? Natalia. They had our truth. Now that Natalia. Now Natalia, at least as a child, had been to Macho's house because Brett was tight with them and all that stuff. So, so okay. that I mean, there's at least that connection. Um, but and I don't even remember. They had some actor slash comedian on the show. I don't even remember his name. Um, Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh man, I saw someone bitching about that online. Oh, X Pac. I don't even know who that is. X Pac had some shit to say about it. He said, "Do you say you don't know who Bubba Love Sponge yeah. is? Are you being serious? Yeah. You know, you know about the whole Hulk Hogan sex scandal oh, shit, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. He... Oh, okay, all right. Well, brought you back on that. But X Pac actually got on Twitter and said he was disappointed in the Macho Man documentary or the biography as well and he said why is Bubba the Love Sponge getting so much fucking airtime yeah if this is about Hogan fine but why why Savage there are so many other guys and I know a lot of them are deceased but you could have brought Brett Ted DiBiase you could have brought fucking Zeus no not Zeus sorry no Lister passed away but you know what I'm saying like you could have brought a lot of different people in man they could have talked about him Kurt Hawkins what the fuck what is it? I sat in the 71st row of my Oklahoma oh. arena or whatever the fuck it They're was. They're just fans marking out pretty much, talking about how awesome he was. Oh, then this is a definite WWE oh, yeah. heavily cited produced doc. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me not care about the biographies as much then. Obviously, Dark Side of the Ring is where it's really at. But speaking of that, that's the whole point. Vice, they'll test the boundaries they'll fucking they'll talk about anything they want to A&E and WWE produced together much like the network and they're taking off all the controversial moments the Booker T biography does not have anything about the Wrestlemania 19 build up with him and Triple H because obviously all the controversial remarks oh the one where it took it's funny is that the one where Triple H took two minutes to climb over and pin him and he still did Oh my God! Yeah, that's like that's even if you couldn't bury the man enough race uh, race wise, you had to also bury him wrestling wise by taking a forty five minute crawl over to pin him. Yeah, I remember being at my buddy's house and we're like, "How did that? What? Yeah. <laughs> How was that a three? Like we were all anticipating the obvious kick out, but it's funny because at first I go, all I've ever seen." is as of recent they're like the the comment that Triple H made about the people like you don't get to be champion. So to me, I was like, well wait, was WWE's angle more like guys like you who were, you know, B wrestlers or C wrestlers from WCW blah blah blah. That's what I thought it was at first. And then apparently a couple of weeks later he was like, yeah, you could shuck and jive and dance for us and I go, "Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was race driven. Never mind." Cuz it was a while ago, man. It was, what, 15 years ago, more, whatever? I, I, a couple more, more yeah. 17. I couldn't remember fully how heavy Triple H was apparently doing that also 
maybe it's because unfortunately our society at that point was a little more desensitized. desensitized yeah, and that will. stems back um, to the or, DX days too, man. If you really want to go that far, exactly. There you go. Exactly why the Nation of Domination parody skit is no longer on the Cock Network. So that's why they took this part out. That being said, now if we're going to talk about people who are going to tell you the truth, people who are going to talk about everything, man, let's talk about the dark side of the ring from Vice. It was a two-episode premiere, one on Thursday, one on Saturday, I believe. And if you were smart enough and you just have YouTube and you subscribe to Vice, they let it out a couple of days early on each one, which was perfect. I'll watch on my phone. And holy shit, after the first one I sent, I remember I sent to you, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, we're going to spend a long time talking about this. Probably not, but all right, I want you to talk first. Give me your thoughts, What were you, or or if you want to go in order about how things go, let's just, however you want to break it down. Man, it was, break uh, it down. It was excellent. Uh, that's really all I can say. Um. Okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah, great A, that's it. The stuff with uh, the multiple women and the multiple kids, I honestly do not know any of that. I didn't know about any of that. I only knew of Melanie. Uh, Well, here's the thing with Melanie. Uh, The producers showed great restraint with not vilifying her any further than her own actions vilified her. Um, I was going to say her own family has already done or her yeah. actions has done. You're, you're right. She, they let it be a uh, a natural kind It'll of thing. It'll speak for itself. Um, yes. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, what I was curious about was what put her where she is. Because uh, it definitely seems like she's living in a halfway house or something similar to that. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, meth. And why I say that is just... A guess, a guess, purely a guess, okay? The missing teeth, the the way her body, her arms were looking, right. um, she looked ragged. Not saying she's doing it now, I'm right. saying that, I mean, they even said after Pillman's death, she dove into, I mean, she was even saying, she's like, I was having bottles of vodka, my daughter found me with, uh, or was it Junior that found her? One of them found yeah, her with remember. a bottle of vodka right next to her head, like in they they took the kids away from her like she was taking pills everything and she got with a a new guy and we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but so she went through some shit so yeah i think you're right like a halfway house but it's you're saying i'd like to know what it is drugs lots of yeah them. i mean it could even just be alcoholism it was one. just one of those things that again they were very tasteful and when they really didn't have to be they would add every right to trash her uh, you were talking about it, the guy. But it wasn't about her. It was about his. Right. And I'm not, and no pun yeah. intended, his vices, his things that he was going right. through. Um, you're talking about the guy after. He, what about the guy before Pillman? Do you know who she dated before Oh, Pillman? my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that. Oh, my God. I forgot about that part. The one that beat the living shit out of her, right? Ultimate Warrior. She dated the Ultimate Warrior before Pillman. Oh, yeah, 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 that too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's right. I know. Oh, yeah. Shit goes deep. But, yeah, it was... Uh, but, all right. Yeah, the progression of stuff was just insane because the thing is, I remember him back from his early days in WCW where he had the Bengals trunks. Flying Brian, yeah. yep. So, 
I still have the action figure. Used to tag team with Tom Zink, the Z-Man. I remember that because that was... Holy shit. I remembered early in my... with The very first time I started watching uh, like a WCW Saturday night, that's how I remember Brian uh, Brian Pillman. So I knew the stuff of the bangles, the Mm -hmm. throat surgeries. We knew all that stuff if you just watch any... I mean, WWE had a really good documentary that they put out in the Ruthless Aggression era about him. So... They were less uh, PC, so they were letting things be and tell true stories. And uh, they talked about his surgeries, and they talked a little bit about his accident. Dark Side of the Ring went really deep into this accident because his accident is what killed him, even if it was years later. Um, The Hollywood Blondes thing, I like that Austin was honest. He's like, I don't want to tag with him. I want to be a single star. I was supposed to be getting a push. And then we, you know, so then... Just as they keep fucking you, they put them together as a tag team, and because they didn't get a good rating at Clash of the Champions, they break them up. God damn, you put that on them? Really? And I actually am a fan of that two out of three falls tag team title match, right. which is Flair and Anderson versus the Blondes. And then you hear about all the stuff with his his ex-wife killing herself. Killing herself. Yeah. Because basically, Melanie, in a way, pushed it. Yep. Yeah, that she seemed to be. And that's how they end episode yeah. one. I go, oh, motherfucker. What? Yeah. It was well played on your part. <laughs> that was a good job on that. But they did actually do one more thing in that episode. They also showed you that he was the smartest man in the business at the time. He plays in, in what was his old football coach it was like, he helped him. He's like, no, I told him, yeah, you know, we're going to fuck Vince over for money. Basically at the end of the day, he goes, we're going to get someone to pay us the most. It was brilliant. That dude was awesome. And my favorite part, excuse me, <clears throat> was they ask him, what do you think about Vince McMahon? And he goes, what do I, what do I think about Vince McMahon? Like he, something like he's a whore. What, yep. what do you do with a whore? You fuck him. That's what I think of Vince McMahon. I was like, okay, we're not holding back here, I as guess. As soon as I heard that, I legit like popped my eyeballs. <laughs> Wait, like, what? Oh, okay. All right. He, uh, and it was sad to hear him, you know, like that Brian came real fucked up to his house one yeah. time and he had to kick him out. And he's like, Brian, don't ever come back here like this. Um, but goes to ECW and, and as you already heard in the beginning of our episode i'm brian fucking pillman god one of the best controversial promos ever that was He's insane piss in the ring watching pain oh my in god. the ring freaking out it and it's funny because the crowd was arguing with him and he gets in a fight with a fan you know it's so great plant that was great that it looks so real in the time in 95 but no i'm sorry that was 96 because then i started going wait a second when was he in the Four Horsemen? When did he leave? God damn. We start the Monday Night Wars, what, April of 96. If we had just watched two months earlier was yeah. when the Booker Man happened. Damn it, we just missed it. <laughs> um, but then gets signed by WWE with like bolts in his leg. He'll never wrestle the way he used to. And... Everybody keeps saying, are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, what's crazy is that in, the, in 96, 97, when I watched that dude wrestle, 
I didn't notice anything. Because I was just like, Brian Pillman in the ring, man. It's cool, right? Yeah, it's awesome. If you only knew, and it's so sad because he, what he was putting his body through, and he was on painkillers, and then, you know, obviously, the end of it. We already know about what happened, the night of bad blood. But the shit afterwards with the stepfather to Brian Pillman Jr., do you want me to talk about it or you? Because I, I text you, I go, bro, I'm in legit tears. Uh, it was rough, you know, to anybody that's gone through anything like that before. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't. I've never heard anything like this. Um, I mean, I've heard stepfathers being dicks to kids and shit, but just the gist of it. The biggest takeaway is that he trained this fucking dog to attack Brian if he ever left his bedroom. Brian grew up socially awkward. Didn't ne- he never played sports? He never, and he said he never had a dad to ever. Throw yeah, that was the worst part, right there. That was the worst. That that one fucking got me. And then he was just doing all these, you know, different things in life. And then it wasn't until he got a call from Steve Austin oh, saying, yeah. "I got your dad's workout belt. You want it or weightlifting belt?" And he said it was a sign. And that's when he decided to be. The wrestler, Brian Pillman Jr. And, I mean, looking at him, it's just fucking uncanny the way he looks. I mean, like, thank you for personally or purposely doing a mullet. Like, good for you because it helps me <laughs> right. see your dad that much more again. Um, And then who was the, the final person that it was in AEW? Oh, Jim Ross. I'm going to tell him that, you know, the qualities that your dad have. You, you got to go for those, but some of the bad ones are what you need to stay away from. Right. I'm like, wow. I'm like, but he's got Jim Ross looking over him just the way Jim Ross used to look over him in WCW and in WWE. Cornette. Cornette's the one that found out calling the hotel. Oh, my yeah. God. That's right. Cornette had to find out from the. Yeah. And when you see, when you see Cornette get, yeah, when you see Cornette get choked up, <laughs> that and the Owen one, those are the two where he does. Yeah. But when he said, he, uh, is this a rib? Because yeah. Brian was pulling the wool over everybody's eyes that wrestlers thought he was faking it. They thought he was pulling an Andy Kaufman kind of stunt. Brian Pillman Jr. said when he found out with the family, the family's all crying. He's like, where's the camera? He's like, all right, I'll play along. Yep. And he goes, I'll huddle in. Oh, my yeah, God. That's insane. That's how fucking believable your dad was as just a character in general. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that was unbelievable. But let's talk about at least one most recent thing that happened. We're not going to say it was a Wednesday night war because there's no wars, but let's talk about blood and guts. Did you know that uh, oh. for some reason I thought there was a bumper there? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait on some. <laughs> Did you know? Uh, well, I'm going to go home, have a shower, <laughs> shave, give the wife a little pickle, pickle, pickle. tickle. God damn it, you took it from me. You just had to... S- <laughs> Never mind. I'm oh, phrasing there for a second. Um, I, I came up with a new name for AEW. Well, I mean, actually, it would oh. it would still be AEW. Just it would be Airbag. No, I was say a new acronym or whatever? Yeah, okay. Airbag Elite Wrestling. Come on. Why is everyone <laughs> shitting on this end? We'll get there. We'll get there. 
Well, f- all right, then let's hurry up and fucking <laughs> speed race our way through most of the show because most of it sucked. <coughs> all right. Uh, Moxley and Kingston defeated Omega and Nakazawa, mostly Nakazawa. Uh, double, or no- double or nothing is Sunday, May 30th, and they've announced Britt Baker versus uh, Sheeta for the title. I really hope Baker takes it. Just put it on her, right? So, wait, I have a question. Yes, We're oh, 20-ish days away from this pay-per-view. You have the women's match announced, okay. If you're going to announce it this early, Britt better win. Who's Omega even facing? Uh, Moxley again? No. Uh, they did the promo at the end. It's going to be whoever wins between Orange Cassidy and Pac. Oh, so Orange Cassidy. So uh, we'll, we'll jump ahead to that because I don't think there was much else to really talk over. Uh, no, not really. Uh, so nope. it was a really... Oh, whoa, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I'm going to back up. Fucking... Darby Allen, look at man, I dig oh, you. Yeah. I really do. But are you just trying to fucking die? Yeah, that was dumb. Like I get you're the guy who doesn't fear death. That but was dumb. You threw. That, that was dumb. Dude, a, you know what that was? That was stupid. <laughs> stupid, 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 stupid. Do I have your attention? <laughs> it's not even like it was in a house and there was carpeted fucking steps. Concre- concrete steps with a pole down the middle. Metal rails. Yeah. Easily could have broke his, his neck on live Anything. TV. Yeah. Any number of bones. All of them. Even if he slipped the wrong way, he could like, but I'm saying like he could have died on TV and AEW was like, I was thrown down the fucking concrete steps. But Jericho will give you a pad. Yeah. So I, I did want to talk really quick about the Omega Cassidy thing because Cassidy is just stupid because he just gets demasculated and doesn't do anything. Yeah, I get it. That's what he does, but it still is kind of dumb. Nakazawa was the the belt carrier for Omega. He, you know, Omega wore the AEW and had Nakazawa carry the other ones, including the, the, the both TNA championships. So Bubba Ray wasn't too happy about that. Not Bubba Ray, Bully Ray. You saw, yeah, Bully Ray. Yeah. He was. I, I was just gonna ask. Did you see his tweet? And he said, if I was Impact, yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, pretty much. I have to agree with that. Um, but my, uh, totally, yeah. but my, my biggest thing is this. Okay. We already got a Pac orange Cassidy match. Okay. It, it ended up not being too bad. I don't want to see another one and I don't understand how you're supposed to be doing this sports-based presentation and orange Cassidy is like the number two contender. It doesn't make sense. All right. So they're going to have their match again. Okay. We've had Omega and Pac before, and those were both great matches. The way that they're playing this... Wait, question. Did Pac win the uh, Cassidy match? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So my, my thing is this. The storyline of, hey, you know, you're a loser and you don't deserve a title shot. I, I get it. It makes sense. What concerns me is, is that it's AEW and Orange Cassidy's really going to get a title shot against Kenny Omega. And I don't want to see that happen. And I have a really bad feeling that it's going to happen. I really hope they don't do that at Double or Nothing, man. I mean, Double or Nothing to me, that was where Moxley showed up, man. I mean, come on. That was, like, huge. Yeah. That's where you had your uh, Lucha Brothers and uh, Young Bucks. They had a Escalera uh, de la Muerte. Yeah, yeah. That thing. And <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, do you remember when we do the uh, 
like the all new Japan episodes or stuff like that. You had to read everybody's <laughs> names. <laughs> no, but you're right. I'm just hoping that Pac goes in and just does a quick squash. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But if that's the case, why did you do an Omega Cassidy promo? Which tells me that's what you're doing at Double or Nothing. Right. But. That so that makes it not credible. I'm not gonna. I swear to God, if that ends up being your world title match, I swear on everything holy. I'm gonna read the results. I will not watch that pay per view at all. I, I'll find out if Britt Baker won. That's cool. It's not like it's gonna be a five star classic. I will not give a shit about that show. Yeah, I I have to tend to agree with you. And and okay, SCU is going after the tag team titles against Bucks. Okay. I'm all right with that. That's what happened in this match or in this night earlier too. Um, but again, you want to get me interested in this? Sorry, man. Varsity Blondes. Not just because Brian Pillman Jr., man. But I'm saying give me something that makes me think a, a young and up-and-coming team can beat and dethrone the Bucks. I didn't want Jurassic Express. That's for goddamn sure. But obviously Santana and Ortiz were a little bit busy later or later on in the night, but... Shit, dude, I would have even taken Moxley and Kingston going after the tag titles. Yeah. Just saying, shit booking on AEW's part. They're not doing a good job. Yeah, it's been rough, that's for sure. And uh, Now, the one thing that I do like is that Miro apparently kayfabe took out Kip Sabian, who's dealing with an injury right now, so he's off TV. Uh, but they're finally starting to book Miro as an actual threat. His promo after Omega's was a little disjointed just because his English isn't that great. Um, that, that's the way that I took it. It seemed like he knew what he wanted to say. He just was having trouble with the words to get it out. Um, but there- I think his mouth was like five seconds behind his head. Yeah. Like his mind was like, <laughs> like at the end of the sentence and his mouth was still trying to catch up sometimes. <laughs> But they're finally booking him like a monster, and he's going up against Allen. I, I don't like it because there's no build-up to it. Like, Darby Allen's already fewing mm-hmm. with Sky and Ethan Page, so why is Miro getting it? Like, it's it just shoehorned in there. It's like, so you finally made him this badass, but and now, now you're just going to catapult him with, like, no build? or This doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know what I would have done very easily? You could put Allen against anybody, and it'll be fine. Hmm. I would have put Miro in a triple threat kind of position where Omega feels, oh, well, they're trying to come after me here and try and take my title, blah, 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 whatever. But you could put him in there, and now I'm actually interested in Orange Cassidy, Omega, and Miro. At least that's something. And you know, it, it sounds stupid, right? Or Miro and Cassidy go at it, and Miro wins. And Miro, as a face, goes after Omega. That would have been way better at double or nothing than anything else right now. I don't. Darby Allen's going to retain against uh, Rusev, Miro, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Omega's going to retain against Cassidy. It's not a good pay per view already. Yeah. You know what I would have saved for the pay per view? What we're about to talk about right now blood and guts. I personally would have made this my main event at double or nothing. Why'd you have to push us all the way? Or what, you Four weeks. Yeah. Three to four week difference. You aren't hurting that bad for ratings right now that you needed to do this. Nope. Not at all. Because you know what my biggest pet peeve was in Blood and Guts? Picture in picture. Yep. That's my worst takeaway out of the entire thing. Let's break it down. 
It's a split community out there. You got some douchebag in WWE who said it set wrestling back 60 years. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I don't see how. Everything WWE does sets themselves back 60 years. That was a more original War Games, even per Sean Spears, a more original type War Games than the NXT War Games. You didn't see trash cans. You didn't see kendo sticks. You didn't see this, that, blah, blah, blah. There was a chair and Jericho's bat. Is that it? anything else? Not that I remember. That's it. They used the cave, relied, and, uh, you know, the poles to their advantages, but your surroundings, yeah. what you're supposed to. Yep. We'll hold off to the very, very end about the ending. I thought the whole match was fantastic. People are upset about the blood. Well, guess what? Can't control how much blood comes out of you once you cut yourself. Sure. And people are like, oh, well, it was too it was too graphic. Well, the funny thing to me is that once I saw that after someone comes in, before the next guy comes in, they're already bleeding, I go, well, everyone's bleeding in this match. That's a guarantee before the end of this. And I knew Jericho was going to bleed on top of the cage once he was up there. It's funny because I've I, you could tell when one of them took it off their wrist tape yeah, and shit. I can tell obvious. a couple of them. Yeah. But overall, let me ask you, what was the name of the fucking match? Blood and Guts. Yeah, right. So why is everybody upset about the fact that blood was in this? <laughs> if there was Guts in the middle of the ring, like someone actually took a knife, split them open. Oh, oh, hang on, Santana used the fork. I'll, I'll at least bring that in there. But if someone got split open and their Guts came out, okay, that's a little too much. But the way it was, that seemed like real, real warfare people who were hating each other my favorite part of the match wasn't even a move dax had ortiz up against the cage his face right up against the cage and santana on the outside goes i'm gonna fuck you up when i get it i'm gonna fuck you up said it twice and i go it's like a real war and when he got in he came right after his brother you know what i mean like going right in there it was I thought, and it was well played, too. When you went in, you went in to help save someone. Hurry up, save your guy. It wasn't to just go in and start fighting one guy. You had to go in and save your other guy. And if it, if you got a beating doing it, you did it. I thought the whole match was well done. And I actually thought the finish was brilliant. Brilliant. I'm going to throw this motherfucker off this cage if you don't fucking submit. All right, we surrender. I'm fucking well, that's a call. Guy. That's a call back to the one with Mongo. Yeah. yeah that's that's, that's uh, the exact same thing. Uh, but hasn't been done in years. I no, liked it. Yeah. I, Think about that, man. I, yeah. I'm going to throw this motherfucker. Wait, it's, a, it's like uh, that Chappelle show. One more step closer. I'm going to kick this motherfucker <laughs> out the window. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm bleeding my chest. <laughs> but I got the message. <laughs> all right, man. I, I went on everything I had to say about it. Now give me all of your opinion, and then I want to talk about the finish. Okay. Uh, people, of all the things to, to complain about, some people are complaining about the, uh, not complaining, but, you know, trash in uh, Inner Circle's prison Attire. I thought it was cool. It represented where they're from. So I, I thought it was. It, it was I thought it was dope. Yeah. And I liked uh, the Pinnacles matching white outfits. Uh, I, I thought it looked dope. 
nice and retro. That was well. That was my first thought when the pinnacle came out. First, I go, "Ooh, everybody's in white." I dig this. I go, "That's a team. That's a stable." When they came out in the jumpsuits, swear to God, and I, I swear to God, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. I go, "It's on." It got me excited because right. we're going to war, boys. What are we wearing tonight? Santana and Ortiz are like, well, we choose white face. <laughs> <laughs> Dead presidents, man. Dead presidents. Uh, it was awesome. That's exactly what I thought of was dead yeah. presidents. Yeah, they've done that Good before. for you. Yeah. So uh, I love who they chose to start the match. Sammy Guevara and Dex Both Harvey. guys was perfect. It was, it was the, you couldn't have picked a better starting point. Sammy just coming right over the rope of the two rings. Beautiful spot. Uh, they went right to the blood. Now, Dax, I believe it was a corner post shot. Uh, he started gushing after that. Yep. It must have. I, gushing. Yeah, yeah, bad. I don't know if it was the blood or if it was humidity in the air, but there was a span of about 60 seconds, and it's when Cash came in, that there were like three botches on the turnbuckle because people jumped up there and they slipped. Like, it was scary. Like, there was a couple of them that were really I know exactly scary. The, the part you're talking about when he he jumped in, he jumped over the rope, and it looked like he kind of stumbled. <clears throat> and then he went for the move, and I was like, yo, are you not? Like, I actually rewound it to see that part, and I go, did he not have his balance properly when he went to go make that jump? And then when he got on that rope, he, like, oddly took down Ortiz. Yeah, it was really weird. You're right. Yeah, good good thing you brought that yeah. up. I forgot it, about it, that It was part. sketchy, but it didn't seem to happen too much more. Uh, the Hager Ward low stare down didn't really pay off as well as it could have, but it was still funny to see, you know. <clears throat> Yo, Hager almost got killed when he almost got dropped on yeah, his head. Yeah, um, they definitely went to war. I don't know if you saw pictures of, of Sammy Guevara afterwards. His yeah, arm, that dude is is blown up. But I thought he was wearing blood from uh, Dax. I thought that that's what it was. Uh, uh, I thought it was okay. His blood on his arm at first, and I go, oh, no, he was really cut up in his arm. Can we talk about Sammy Guevara's cutter that he did where he did, like, a flip off the rope and and then did the cutter? Oh, my God. You knew it was coming down to MJF and Jericho. Were those real boos or were those piped-in boos? Because if those were real, solid boos, it sounded like no one in Jacksonville liked MJF at all. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's how awesome of a heel you are. You could still get solid booze and you don't even hear like the marks. You know what right. I mean? Like that, that was impressive. Yeah. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise, you know, I don't think they would pump in booze. Well, I could see it either way, I guess. I don't know. But either way, uh, the visual of him, like screaming at the crowd, uh, blood dripping down his face. It was fucking what a great shot. What a great shot. If nothing else, you got that moment. And that moment was yep. was everything. I love him putting on the ring. His face is all bloody and just pops Jericho. Jericho goes down. And he kind of just taunts the crowd. And that's when you get that picture. And then, like you said, uh, the finish, uh, the tease. It, it is the throwback to, uh, was it? Yeah, it was Flair and Mongo. And um, I don't know if Benoit was in that one. But anyway, it, it's pretty much the same finish. And he yeah. was threatening. It was versus the NWO. Yep, and it was Sammy Guevara. You know, basically just saying, all right, yeah. fuck it, we quit. Uh, and then MJF throwing him off anyway. So. Which was, you knew was going to happen, and he almost teased it too long, I yes. felt. It was weird. I was like, are you going to do it? I can do right. it. <laughs> but then, 
my biggest issue was not the everybody's like, oh well, you can see the cardboard and everything underneath. Well, okay, yeah, I know it's supposed to be a concrete or steel ramp and yada yada. But are we all forgetting the goddamn balloon that Shane McMahon fell on top of after the, uh, with the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania 32? That, we watched the table legit go, like, real slow, start to fall down. What the fuck? Are you going to kill the man? Of course. I mean, you, you want to do a spot. You want to look real. All right. If you're upset about the, well, the camera is what showed it and the, it threw it off, right? It's bad that the camera showed that. That wasn't my issue. My can't my problem is that the camera got too close to Jericho's face and he was like <laughs> he's like smiling. I go, is he smiling right now? He was doing the one and then eye. And they zoomed thing in again. And, I go, Yeah. Yeah, wow. thank you. I go, but then they went in for like two or three more shots and he was doing the same thing. And I go, Oh my God. Oh my God. Quit showing that. I'm like, just show me a bloody MJF. That's all I need right now. That's how you need to go off the air. That's it. All right. So my thing is this. I get it. We I don't want them to hurt themselves for my enjoyment. You know, I'm glad that they, you know, what they did doing so in the cage alone was above and beyond, right? Obviously, I don't want anybody being thrown off a cage at that height onto concrete. That's just ridiculous. I'm not even opposed to using a crash pad. But if you're going to do it, then make it look right. If you can't make it look right, you know what the workaround is? Don't do the spot. Just don't do the spot. That match could have lived up to a lot, and you still could have come up with a decent finish otherwise. Right? You, you could have done it. What about the finish to Hell in a Cell in, uh, was it 2000? Uh, yeah, like a Hell in a Cell 2000 maybe or something like that, uh, where Undertaker pushes <clears throat> Rikishi off of the top on top of a, a truck that just happens Bales to have hay. a mattress yeah. in hay. Yeah. It was stupid. That was okay. Everybody was fine uh, with that. I wasn't. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> neither was I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Listen, I, I you know, I, because to me, then it's just now it's just theater. You just had this blood curdling match, and you took it all away by doing a I'm going to throw him off the cage, and he's going to land on a crash pad visibly, like visibly. Like, why did they go out of their way to make diamond-plated cardboard? You know, I get why, but it didn't work. It was just, I I just didn't like it. It took away from what was otherwise a good match. They could have come up with a different finish, and I know it's easy to sit here and say that and half-ass fantasy book without coming up with any alternatives, and it doesn't matter because I shouldn't be booking these things, damn it. But... In the end, the way around it is just don't do the spot. If you can't make it look realistic, yeah. come up with a different finish. Nothing wrong with using a crash pad. And here's the thing: they've done this. Isn't the first time they've done it. They did it at the at the stampede, the the, the stadium stampede thing, where Guevara landed on the crash True. pad from Omega, and they did it another time too. It's just stop. Like you know, don't. Well, you know what it is. It's. Hey guys, you just really went like zero for t- out of zero for ten or whatever you want to call it on a rating uh, with your barbed wire explosive ring. Right. 
and everyone mocked you for that finish. Yeah. And Bully Ray said the only thing people are going to remember is the end. And well, I guess that's what everybody's remembering from Blood and Guts. No one's remembering the shit we're it, talking it about. Almost, everybody's only talking about the it ending. It almost negated everything you saw before it. Everything right. before it was real. It was real. It it felt real, man. I'm telling you, man. Santana and Ortiz. No assumptions. They they seem like they, they had gang times in their life. You know what I mean? Like they've actually been in some real fucking gang wars. I'm like, that's not acting. They're fucking good. Those guys have been through some shit. But like you said, man, I love Ortiz more and more and more, man. The way he, just his craziness, and I'm like, oh, I expect the loco from him, and I and I appreciate yep. it now. Yeah, he took some nasty bumps too I'll against the it. cage. He took a couple where like he got, you know, you get thrown over the top rope, you hit the cage, and then you slide down in between. He fell down, wedged in between. Yeah, he got wedged in between. <laughs> that looked bad. It did. I was waiting for him to not get back up, but he he came back up. Well, especially the one part when I think they were all trying to, I think, oh, it was Sammy, Santana, and Ortiz, but Santana was taking a sweet time getting out of in between the same area, too, and MJF was looking all cocky, and they're like, why is he doing that? And Wardlow came from behind the other side, and they're like, oh, well, that's why he looked all cocky, but that moment for Santana to get out, I was like, they're waiting quite some time right now. (laughs) Like, he may be hurt. Uh, I loved, I, I, I thought it was a really good match minus a couple of production spots and the biggest issue, of course, picture in picture. I'm sorry yeah. that there were some really cool things that I had to miss that I was trying to like squint and see that I wish I didn't have to. Sure. Uh, in summary, the good, uh, felt like a real fight, felt like two teams, uh, the buildup itself, I, I still think was kind of shitty. Um, but they still put on, if you came in from nowhere and didn't know any history, you're like, okay, these are two distinct groups uh, that are just going fucking nuts trying to kill each other. Um, so it had that level of believability. Um, it wasn't too much of a schmaz with as many people in there, uh, which was good. The bad was... like No Tully. He, he ended up uh, unlocking the door so they could get out. Right, you know, but I mean, but beyond that, not as much in, involved as I thought he was. Right, be. yeah, that's true. I mean, especially given his history, but, um, but yeah, the bad, like you mentioned, the picture in picture, uh, and the razors, they were just too visible too many times. Yeah, especially but Jericho's was the worst. When he knocked, I was just gonna say when they knocked, when he knocked Jericho down, they should have went directly to MJF. And showing off the ring, this, that, everything at that point, they, they took way too long to cut over to MJF. And I go, and there is, as soon as you see them looking like they're putting their head on a desk, yeah, you know right. what I mean? I'm like, and there's the slice. Or if you see them playing with their wrist tape. Uh, either way. Well, it could be a good, it could be a bad each week when we bring it to the table. Let's see what happens this week. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh! Well, just judging by the wording of yours, I'm going to say yours is probably negative. <laughs> and guess what? So is mine. Dude, 
there is a decline in wrestling in general. I feel like it, it can't just be us, man. I feel like people are just extra negative. No one's like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. No one likes matches anymore. It's like, I really feel like, is it the pandemic and we've all just given the fuck up? And we, and what is it, man? I, I can't figure out, but I feel like wrestling in general, I mean, shit, we had WWE versus AEW versus NXT versus, we have all these things. And no one gives a fuck. I don't get it. That's what I want to bring to the table is that my mind is completely blown that we have this many wrestling companies this day and age and no one could give a shit. Yeah, I think uh, the pandemic definitely has to play into that to some degree because with no crowds, the bar's been raised. You know, you got you to gotta work a lot harder to get any kind of rating or anything that's worth watching. Uh, and that happened right as AEW was taking off. So, yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. Well, that's all I got, all man. Right. What, what, what you all got? Right. So, like I said, that's I, that. That was so, my biggest thing. Is I'm just pissed <laughs> with the decline in wrestling. As we're trying to kick off a podcast and get real big, I'm like, well, no one gives a fuck about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that one came to bite us in the ass. So, uh, so hang on, wait. I just want to read this last thing I got here. He grabbed. Her <laughs> breast. <laughs> Don't eat the wrapper, Stillwell. <laughs> You're gonna lose. Your kid ain't the lineup. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, nobody's gonna be able to get the context of this, but Professor, you'll be able to see it. So uh, I'll just do. Yep. He just fisted me. <laughs> Phrasing. Uh, we, we got we a throwback SmackDown, and they basically took the formula for Roman Reigns' inflatable virtual dog and applied it to the SmackDown fist. Uh, remember how cool the old set was? And they brought it back for the Cena Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. Yeah, this was yeah. not that. This was CGI fist virtually coming through the screen. Why? Just like the spot at Blood and Guts, if you can't make it look good, don't do it. Now, there are a couple of things I actually did like, though, how it looked. I only got to see a couple of snippets of what things looked like and everything. But just to me, I'm always going to be a fan of the classic WWF logo. But even if it's a WW only where it doesn't have the E, it's weird. But anyway, there's no E to it. Anyway, um, the color scheme. The opening package using the old intro music, but with all the new wrestlers it was cool, except Edge and Mysterio were still there, but you know, from <laughs> yeah, all the way back and right. now, but dude, you did a great job and you doing that fist with Roman or with uh, John Cena at WrestleMania 36 means you still fucking own the fist. You don't even go arena to arena. You were planning this. Why did you do that? Why did you Why did you do that? I don't even care if it sat on the ground and it wasn't up in the air. Who gives <laughs> like a shit? Like it was something they brought in and just never set up. You can see pieces of it off to the right, side. Right, yeah, I'll just put it here. <laughs> Look like everybody's getting fisted in the ass as they're walking to the okay, ring. Okay, well It was then. just ridiculous. Yikes. Now, hang on. What I did like? Man, Please oh don't man, say fist I in miss. the ass. <laughs> <laughs> And we've derailed. Ladies and gentlemen, 
we at the Top of Wrestling would like to apologize for the unexpected interruption. We are experiencing technical difficulties and expect to return to our normally scheduled podcast momentarily. What I really do like... I know, man, you threw me off. Oh, match cards. Mm. When they're like, and up next is this, or the, the segment, uh, what your next segment's right. going to be. It almost looked like uh, the old Superstars of Wrestling or Saturday Night's Main Event, kind of old school. Because even SmackDown didn't go that old school. You know what I mean? Right. But I want to talk about a couple more old school things. Michael Cole, wearing his old jean jacket. Pat McAfee, being Vince McMahon. It was interesting. Yeah. But you didn't bring me the fist. <laughs> Yikes. One thing we don't need is a fist hat trick. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwig. Wing. Eh? It's Night Wing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, it's Nightwing. I've been away for a little bit, but hey, I'm back and I got some really good shit to talk about. I got a couple topics on my mind. So let's go ahead and get right into it. First of all, those A&E channel shows that I was talking about with WWE's um, biography and WWE's the um, most wanted treasures they have definitely given me what i wanted as a fan and i like the fact that the archivist on the show is really talking about a physical museum or physical hall of fame so who knows if they really got some plans for it and that's going to be the swerve that we get at the end of it and speaking of swerves let's move right on into nxt i like the swerve scott angle i've liked him since he's debuted, I just think that they've given him a lot of yo-yo booking, and I'm not really much of a fan of how they booked him because I do see his talent, I see his potential, but I just don't think they know exactly what they're going to be doing with him. Now, I'm also really, really big into the booking, and saying that I'm critical of WWE booking is a serious understatement, almost criminal. But what I got for you guys today is there's something I noticed on Raw that I have to say it was really well booked. If you notice in many of those backstage segments, the Lily doll that Alexa Bliss has been using was in the background of several of them. And then at the end of it, when she cut her promo, she talked about Lily's adventures. So if you missed the doll in those backstage segments, I'm not exactly sure where they're going with it, but they're starting to book something right and they're slow building it a little bit. So we're going to see a payoff in that very, very soon. So anyway, guys, there's your good shit. Have a great week. NWA bringing another awesome, awesome good shit. It, dude, was that like a minute long and he brought three awesome segments yeah, out? Yeah, it was about a minute and, it and took a half, us... yeah. Nice slide in. Uh, not... Wow, we're at like an hour and we've only gotten like two segments yeah, done. Shit. All right. Well, let's let's try and catch up. All right. Isaiah Swerve Scott stable. Don't know much about the other guys that are there, right. but at least it's giving screen time to other guys. It's funny because Swerve, who would kind of himself need a rub or like a, a push, is pushing guys who are beneath him too. You know what I mean? And it's like so everybody's kind of getting a win-win. Sure. It's you know you're a little more elevated than us. I like that. I think it's a, it's something for for him. Um, and he's taking on like what Leon Ruff and all them, so it's it's at least giving chances. But I gotta be honest, NXT's just gone, yeah, downhill, yeah. But Alexa and Lily, 
I enjoy watching those YouTube clips. Just listening to her talk. Man, did you see a couple of weeks back the pictures of her when she was a kid holding Lily? And it was like how they CGI'd in an old looking Lily. It was awesome. But yeah, she's in the background. And you know, Nightwing, that's also a throwback too. Remember, Bray Wyatt did that too. Do you remember that Husky the Pig or whatever it was? They were having his little, or even like the little witch looking uh, Sister Abigail thing. Everybody was all in different areas around the backstage, so it's kind of like they're doing that planting again. But who is her target? I, I, Alexa is probably... Uh, yep, Alexa is the most interesting thing on Raw. On SmackDown, Cesaro, and Roman Reigns. It's all I'll give yep. you. And everything else sucks. Agreed. Anything else you want to say on NWA's? Uh, he had mentioned uh, when he was doing, uh, you know, about the uh, biography shows and uh, was it the WWE co- treasures. treasures? Yeah, um, you know, he was talking about the physical Hall of Fame. I know he's brought it up before. Uh, I, I definitely think this show is the lead up to that Hall of Fame. I would have to imagine because uh, they're going out of the way to collect all this stuff. So, you know, it definitely seems like that's where it's headed. I know there's been a lot of conflicting reports about whether or not they're going to do it and. You know, some people think it's a good idea. Some people don't. Uh, I would have to imagine that they're going to. But it, it seems like a weird time just with the pandemic. But then again, if they put it in Florida, people will still come and, you know, they'll just go. Cause... Well, now that is interesting. Or Texas, man. Look what happened this past week at uh, the boxing match. 73,000 people in Arlington, Texas. Ask me where I lived f- fucking four months ago. Arlington? Yep. <laughs> anyway. Everything, man, wherever I go. Here's another one. Do you know the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco? He's going on tour. He just finally announced it. It's the uh, Nobody Cares Tour or something like that. Nobody does that or something like that. And I'm starting to see because I'm going to be heading back to New York this summer and everything like that. I'm legit on the opposite side of the fucking country every time he is on the other (laughs) opposite side. God damn my life. I mean, I even wrote to my, I, I texted my, my wife, I go, we live in an RV, we should be mobile to be able to go to these places, and I miss everything. So maybe I'll get to go to this supposed Hall of Fame. Now, that being said, if that is how you're going to eventually produce it, that's cool, man, with the treasures, because you're getting people interested where they're like, oh, I'd like to go see that face-to-face, that's kind of cool, oh, I remember when Undertaker wore that mask, it, I'm just saying it's... Smart way to build it. It kind of brings a little bit of uh, want, right? You dangle the carrot of all these cool little treasures. You want to come see them? Yeah. The, the um, That's just me. Yeah. I, I think the show itself is scripted at least as much as Storage Wars. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, oh, I haven't seen yeah. this in years. I can't remember. I forgot all about uh, this. But, sir, you just <laughs> carried this through the door and put it in this bin right here. <laughs> So, but yeah, so. you actually put that back in the box before you closed it and said, we're going to take another shot. So, yeah, I, 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 I really do think this is the way they're going to build to it. Like, the, you know, the end of the show, they'll be like, and all this is leading to this. And they'll show like a rendering, you know, a, a drawing of what it's supposed to look like. Or fuck, they may have it built already. Come on down to our physical hall of fame. Marty, <laughs> you've got to come back with me. Where? 
Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! It had to be you. <laughs> Some mothers I've seen. Marla Hooch, baby. <laughs> Woo! All right. Never seen a woman throw up like that before. <laughs> What'd you give her? A dress? <laughs> a lot of liquor. <laughs> we are... On what's the date for this raw here? I'm sorry, you had it written and I kind of missed yeah. it. Uh, May 13th. So of course, you know that is technically tomorrow in history for us. But in '96, we had Raw vs Nitro, and I'm gonna go ahead and say right now, a hundred percent, without even talking about the shows, Nitro won this week for me. I think, but we'll get into it. We'll find out. Let's first talk about Raw. They open up, and it's going to be a match between uh, Zip of the Body Donnas, and they're interviewing backstage Ving Rhymes. Oh, nope. I'm sorry. That's on the job. I had it written as Ving Rhymes. I go, yo, even when he talks, I'm like, I'm just thinking about baby boy. You got it all twisted, baby boy. I just, all right, anyway. Then Sonny comes out of nowhere and starts rubbing baby oil all over him because she just got done doing that with Michaels in the back. And Ahmed Johnson coming out swinging with the first line of the night. My mama said, take out the trash. Don't bring it in. To Sonny. All right. So let me ask you this question. Did you get a little screwed up watching this match or did you watch it in full the whole way through? No interruption. Oh, no, I watched it all the way through. I think I may have turned away for a second. I didn't see the first Twin Magic because I have written down Ahmed versus Zip, and then I crossed it out and wrote Skip because then all of a sudden Chris Candino's in the fucking ring. And then they make a mention of it, and I go, oh, it was Zip in the ring earlier. Okay. <laughs> then they do. They really looked alike, man. That was a yeah. great Twin Magic setup. Like, And that's Tom Pritchard. You know, if you didn't know who Zip was, and obviously Skip is Chris Candino, and uh, they try to do the twin magic again, and it backfires. Ahmed Johnson with the Pearl River Plunge and takes the win. His hand's bandaged up. I forgot. I think he broke his uh, hand or his thumb or something around this time because I, I noticed his right hand was bandaged it up. It was probably at the match at uh, in your house, right? Probably. Um, then up next, we get a promo. <laughs> if you want to go to Warrior University, you can be racist like me. I'm kidding. No, it really was. A, it was a wrestling academy. It was a wrestling, and even more so, 
You hear Vince McMahon go, if you want to be a wrestler in the WWF, call this number, send in this amount of money. I go, oh my God, they were asking people for fucking money back in the day to go to wrestling school. I forgot all about that. You could go to Warrior University. God damn. All right. The next segment, Vader against Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Jim Cornette is on commentary. Okay, first line. Hey, McMahon, with both these guys on the... Oh, no, no, no. Hey, McMahon, at In Your House coming up, it's going to be Yokozuna versus uh, Vader, and it's going to be two tanks that are going to collide. One's a Sherman tank and one's a septic tank. (laughs) I just miss good commentary, man. Uh, It was a slow match. It sucked. Vader takes the win, of course. It was course. way too long. Um, and then they show we have a couple of matches that are going to be coming up next week. One, two, three, kid. It's kind of funny, you know, because we know where he's going to end up, you know, down this year. But it's just funny that he's still on TV at this point uh, with Million Dollar Man in his corner. And he's going to be taking on Eldo Montoya next week. Or no, Savio Vega. So showing us a couple of that. But then up next, Undertaker comes into the ring, rolling down a gold coffin. Paul Bear, any promo he ever does is just gold just to listen to, (laughs) no matter what he says. Yo, there's a lot that actually happened in this segment. So then Goldust comes out and quotes. Hey, you know what? Goldust is set for the top of wrestling podcasts. He gets it because movies is wrestling and wrestling is movies. Quotes Tombstone. Also kind of a Johnny Cash song, if you listen to the When the Man Comes Around. Gets in Taker's face and says, I see a pale horse. Like, that whole quote. And awesome. I'm like, okay, good start. But I like, I forgot he used to do that. After he'd say the quote, and he goes, Tombstone 1993. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Grabs Undertaker's hand all seductively and asks him if he knows what rigamortis is. <laughs> Obviously talking about a stiff body part, and then Taker starts beating him down. Told you this segment had a little bit more than we were ready for. Mankind now makes his return to the ring and gives the mandible claw to the Undertaker. And this is, this is the second time Taker's taken this because he got it just a couple of weeks back right after WrestleMania. Now, Goldust, with the Intercontinental title on his body in gold... Mounts and grinds from like sliding is from Undertaker's chest all the way down to like his shins and then sits next to him. And I go, okay, couple things. One, I can't believe Undertaker was like, yeah, Vince, I'm down for the segment. That sounds great. I'll lay there. And I want him to run. And it was a slow fucking rub. And I just want to say this right now. Nothing to do with gay, straight, this, that, or not. Friction can happen, man. What would you do if that dude just popped a fucking boner in the ring after Goldust did it? How does under, how does Vince explain that? Why are you doing this segment? Not saying that a boner was going to happen, but segment should be over, right? Mandible claw, mount, grind, rub, touch. Nope, Undertaker's going to pop right back up because... He can sit there and take the rubbing, but he can't take Goldust sitting next to him. <laughs> this show. And then Goldust retreats. 
That was quite a there, segment. There, there, what are your thoughts on yeah, that one? There was some great stuff. Uh, Goldust powdering and losing his wig on the way out was fucking hilarious. Loved it. Um, yeah. So tall. So dark. So clammy. And so stiff. Two weeks in a row he does the clammy. Then he goes, what kind of cologne is that? Embalming fluid number five. And then he does the uh, never dance in the de- with the devil in the pale moonlight line. Let me feel you. Yep. Touch you, Reaper. Gold from Gold Dust. It's just a weird segment. There was just a lot of shit <laughs> happening. Was. For a show that's only one <laughs> hour, it there. did pack a lot into like seven minutes. Up next, speaking of, I had mentioned his name earlier, and that's yep. why I had it in my head. The guy who is just incredible, Aldo Montoya, takes on Justin Hawk Bradshaw, who at this moment is doing a future intimidation or uh, imitation of Chris Hero. Holy shit, it's uncanny. The blonde hair, the beard, the chubby belly, the hard clothesline, like, it's Chris Hero. Eh, no shit. But um, Dutch Mantel is on commentary. And then afterwards, you get the branding, the JHB branding on your body, which I don't know. What was it? Like just paint Probably from something ink like that, or something. Because some yeah. like I was always like waiting for the next week. I'm like, oh, it must have healed. <laughs> I was a kid. All right. We see this past weekend in Kuwait. Shawn Michaels and... British Bulldog, they fight in the Gulf, fighting right in the water, and those waves were coming in pretty Bulldog's hard. Bulldog's wearing some choice fucking underwear, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it looked like, uh, they looked wrestling trunks, I guess, but it's not something you would wear to the beach, is what I'm saying. It was just some, it was odd. Maybe. He's trying to drown Shawn Michaels on TV. Yeah, well, it's funny because he did. Like, at first, a... I thought he was going to do a power slam. I thought that would have been cool, but he didn't. Those waves were coming down hard, and when after Michaels, you know, after you know, uh, Bulldog puts him down and kind of gets out of there, they show Michaels get right back up, which he kind of had to because he would have drowned otherwise. So it was interesting to say the least. We could kill him. It's good shit. <laughs> so we now turn to the main event. And dear Lord, this match was probably the longest main event that we've had in Ross and starting the show. Three breaks. And why wouldn't it be? Because it's the two men who have the announcer by the ear. Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Main event Raw. Mr. Perfect does come to ringside. And I gotta be honest, I thought they had great chemistry. In 2002, once they broke up DX and all that shit happened and he came back for the unsanctioned match coming out of retirement and they had all those matches in 03, 04. They've always had really good chemistry. This match was really good. Hunter played a great heel. Oh, yeah. Triple H, or uh, uh, Sean, did a great job as the face champion. Was bouncing all over the ring. It was actually a really good match for Raw. Yeah, uh, my favorite spot was uh, HBK had uh, had Triple H uh, kind of draped over his feet on the top rope and had him in like a headlock, and the ref's counting and tells him to yep. let him go. So Shawn Michaels kind of does the comedy, looks at the crowd, shrugs his shoulders, and just drops him on his face. 
fucking great spot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We've talked about it a couple episodes ago. Triple H at this point is just he's he's you could tell he's seen Shawn Michaels before and watched him because he's he's taking those heelish bumps, you know, exaggerated and just throwing himself around. So he, he was somebody good to go against. Yeah. And that's how uh, Raw goes off the air, minus uh, British Bulldog backstage with a semi-incoherent interview. Rambling promo, yeah. I don't know, man. He was not not really the, uh, we'll say, the the best speaker on a mic. No, no, no. And he kind of, like, stumbled through his ways. He was like, because next week when I'm here and you're back here, if you're there, oh, it's happening. Beware, dog. Hmm? I think you're supposed to say something about Diana in there, maybe. Don't go near her or something. I don't know. It was really weird. And again, all night. He's a skirt chaser, McMahon. Did you know that? <laughs> Lawler, all night, just calling Michaels a skirt chaser. Say, uh, Hunter comes down to ring with a girl. Fucking funny, <laughs> Lawler. He goes, you're going to want to stay away from Michaels, all right? He's a bad guy. All he wants is to get into your pants. He's a skirt chaser, okay? Keep your eyes on Hunter. Or me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then naturally, Shawn Michaels comes down and starts kicking it to her. And... Oh, my God. Yeah, he gets, like, face-to-face <laughs> and, like, just staring at her. And then actually, yeah, it was it was, it was was a very well-played match with the right people. I don't think Bulldog should be the one. They could have found anybody else on the roster that had a wife. I just don't think Bulldog can carry a promo against a guy who can carry a promo at this day yeah, and age, cor- at, or this time, you know? at least to help him out there. All right, that's true. That's true. But what happened on Nitro? Well, Nitro, it's our go-home show for Slamboree, uh, which is coming up the following Oh, I'm Sunday. excited about this pay-per-view. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, so since Luger has missed two championship matches in a row, <laughs> he camps out in front of the arena. <laughs> And they show him in like a sleeping bag with a cooler, and he's got bug spray. <laughs> Not only does he have bug spray, he's got bug spray sitting right next to him. He has a flashlight, and when the bug lands on him, he grabs fly a swatter. fly swatter and swats it. This. <laughs> Was your opening segment to Monday Nitro? <coughs> because he's missed it, and of course he camped out in Nashville. All right. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. What's weird to me, I got to be honest. What's really weird is I was like, all right, well, if they're gonna go as far as he was camping out, he's got to be missing tonight's show too. And he actually made it there. And I go, oh my god, <laughs> it was just all right. Weird build up, but let's get started. Right. Go ahead. Uh, well, the show opens with your favorite uh, Chico. This week he's dressed as Elvis. Um, <laughs> I'm going to document it every week, every week. I'm going to document what that dog is wearing as a costume. Is there a twist somewhere in there? Like the dog dies? Yeah, I think Mongo eats it and that's why they asked him to join the four horsemen. Um, <laughs> it's the only logical conclusion. Uh, first match. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. Can I ask you a question? In all honesty, no do you know how he gets into the horseman no. or no? Neither do I, and I'm going to speculate later. And I and that's a swear to God, shoot, real, honest answer. I do not know how he got in it, 
but I'm starting to speculate after this week's episode. Yep. So that's why I say that. Same Please here. Very good, very good. Uh, show opens, uh, first match, Steiner Brothers versus Public Enemy. Not much to say. They talk, They do talk about Macho Man, how he's been banned from the building, and he's been fined 50000 already twice. Um, Steiner's, uh, Scott wins with a Frankensteiner. Uh, man, he would come down on his own head hard sometimes when he pulled that mood off, move off, man. Uh, it's cringy, but yeah, this is at the point, you know, you know, Scott was always never small, you know, he was, you know, he was always pretty jacked, but this is the time where you really starting to see him bulk up. And that is extremely funny to say that. Cause I actually wrote, this is the first time I've ever really noticed him as a Steiner brother being that jacked. I remember later in like 98 and shit when he was really jacked before joining NWO mm. and bleach blonde, the hair like that. I remember where like his fucking bicep was the size of my entire foot. But now I'm seeing it as he was a Steiner brother. And I was like, he was almost too big to be in a tag team at this point. Like he was just that jacked, but they are really teasing that this Sunday slamboree lethal lottery. These guys are on opposite ends of the ring in a match i'm already excited about that one yeah there's some decent ones coming up there uh next one man this one uh this one was pretty good it, it, it wasn't too bad uh your boy chris benoit who's obviously in part of the four horsemen beat squire david taylor with jeeves i think jeeves is like a manager to three different people at this mm-hmm. point um when Benoit comes to the ring, you see that there's another dinner table set up at ringside, which is cute. <laughs> Taylor has a, a significant height advantage, uh, but they trade spots a lot through this match. Nobody really ever takes uh, full control. Uh, Benoit wins with a nice dragon suplex. Um, something interesting that you might get a kick out of, not your teams, uh, but it is related. Uh, they mentioned that the Magic Hawks game four is on. Uh, right after Nitro. Uh, Magic are up 3-0. They did a lot of NBA teasing, and I was like, well, it's TNT, man. It's where the playoffs are at. (laughs) Uh, Magic were up 3-0 at that point. Uh, Ended up losing, but ended up winning game five to take the series and then lose to the Bulls in the next round. Um, So uh, this is the segment that... Michael's come back here. So this is uh, the segment you were referring to uh, during the match. They mentioned that Macho has showed up, and Mongo leaves commentary to go talk to him. Uh, we go to a back entrance of the arena. Actually, before you get uh, there, something they mentioned in the match is that um, the Belfast Bruiser is still suffering from glass shards in his oh, eye. Oh shit! I missed that. And was ha- in, in he is now out of the lethal lottery, and so is one other guy who was apparently hurt, but taking the place one man who was announced, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh. So DDP is now in the lethal lottery. Wasn't scheduled to be. Huh. I don't know. So, yes, backstage, macho, mongo, mean gene. So, you, yeah, you flaked out at one point, and I flaked out at one point. All right, well, we got that down. Uh, <laughs> so it's mean gene out there. There's a bunch of security. Uh, mongo ends up showing up and kind of showing sympathy for macho, cuts a promo on Flair, and says he has a plan. Um. And then the only other thing that I had really have written down, because I know where you're going with this, so I'll let you take it. But, uh, you know, the only other thing that I wrote down with this is that Macho Man did say, I saw a female psychiatrist, said I was OCD, one cool dude. Oh, my God, my throat. <coughs> I from here. loved that line. As soon as he goes, one cool dude. I go, that was awesome. Um, 
shitty mic, it was cutting in and out and kept cracking. It was bothering me. As a man who just, I don't know, production-wise, I just kind of like things to sound good, that bothered the shit out of me. Um, Did you happen to notice that one of the security guards, dude, his hair, the burns, he had to have been a Von Erich. He looked like he was a Von Erich. The guy right to the left of Mean Gene looked just like he could have been any one of the Von Erichs. Oh, I didn't notice just that. Throwing that out there because you know they use wrestlers as security, so who knows what it, who it could have been I at that time? I'm just saying it looked a lot think like him. It was anybody except Kevin left at that point. Oh, Kevin was definitely not going to be doing yeah. security anyway. Mongo comes out and goes, Macho, I'm, if anybody knows who you're going through, what you're going through, it's me. I'm sorry, I can't do a Mongo yeah. impression for shit. Hey, speaking of, did you see the picture of him and Flair? Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. It's awesome, man. Flair goes to see him. Man, I zoomed in. I'm like, it just doesn't even look like Mongo. It sucks. But it, it's terrible point, that Flair looks better than him. You that's know? kind of what I said, that's... too. Funny thing, by the way, a video popped up on my YouTube the other day of Mongo, and it said that he was calling out, and I think it was like an umpire at a, a game before he sings Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Fucking hysterical to watch. I'm like, it, like, all these Mongo videos are popping up. But, yes, Mongo says, Savage, I know what you're going through. I sympathize, and I, don't don't you worry. I got a plan. Don't you worry. So now it's coming together. Right. This was all got to be a ploy. He's been fucking with Deborah the whole time to make it look like he's just a womanizer. And Mongo's in on it. And I think we're going to hopefully find out maybe a slamboree or next week on Nitro. That's where I think it's got to go. That's my guess. I didn't want to do the speculation, but once I saw this, I was like, I don't think we could really go on and ignore that because yeah. it's pretty big. That's what I thought. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's getting really involved in the angle. Um, but they also have talk of Kevin Green is possibly coming to WCW, which I remembered this too, man. Packers, Kevin Green just passed away, actually. It wasn't like this year or last year, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So, which is another football player. Yeah, bring them all in. It's where the big boys play. So what else happened? After that, we had another mysterious promo for a wrestler who I think is supposed to show up at Bash of the Beach, but then ends up like getting delayed to like the end of the year. So all for the best. Um, so blood runs cold. Yeah, yeah, blood runs cold. That's it. Mortal Kombat. You can overdub me with the actual voice. Um, <laughs> Rick Flair with Woman and Liz uh, against VK Wall Street. Man, how much fun was it to see VK Wall Street in action, man? So first of all. Most generic singlet I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, it was terrible. Just a black singlet with or with the double arms and a money symbol on the back. But I actually have it written right here. Is he a face? Like, I, I didn't know he ever played the role of a face. Uh, yeah, I, But in this match, he's a face. I don't really get it. He's the de facto face because he's going against Flair. So, uh, But I don't think he was right. at this time. He was wor- he was looking and working the crowd. Uh, he kept looking and being like, yeah, like and putting his fist up. And I'm like, yeah, that's. That's signs of a face. That's really weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, I like the ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Flair uh, does one of my favorite spots. He actually does it on the uh, outside of the ring, on the floor. Uh, I forget what move uh, Wall Street does on him, but Flair does the stagger away and then just fucking timber face plant. Face Fucking plant. 
love that spot. It was so great to see it. He sells it so perfectly. It never gets it old. It doesn't. And and Flair was doing what he does. He was basically just taking heel bumps the entire match uh, and then got to a point where he puts on the figure four and woman with the assist, uh, you know, grabbing Flair's arms and pulling him for extra leverage. Uh, and then they go to the dinner table afterwards, another interview with Mean Gene, and goddamn Flair was on fucking fire for this. He was on I have a lot fire. written with this, too. Go ahead. <laughs> the only thing that I really wrote down is at one point he was kissing up and down Liz's arm, and then he was dancing. With, from one wrist up the shoulder, yep. down the back of the neck to the other yep. wrist. Holy shit. And he was dancing with a woman. Uh, he was amped up, and he you could tell he was just playing the part. So, yeah. So, I took Dolly Parton to Space Mountain, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Because they're in Nashville. I'm like, that is like the biggest heat you can get yep. is being like, yeah, hey, guys, I fucked Dolly Parton. <laughs> it's, as, it's equivalent to being like, I fucked your mom. Yep. Anyway, he a, a woman has been fucking with Mean Gene this entire <laughs> It's the third week in a row. She just keeps touching yeah. him. It is hysterical. And he, of course, looks really intimidated and i love it because again it plays off of those bimboy chicks that did the the number pull or the t- the team pull cherry the lottery he's hitting on them what's that cherry oh that's right <laughs> so the word bimbo is dead on but when woman gets in his face he's so goddamn intimidated it's it's a little thing but it's so Perfect. awesome because she plays it so well she doesn't break character but Flair is telling Savage and Mongo. He calls himself Joe Namath. <laughs> and he goes, because I could throw the touchdowns all night long. Puts his arms around woman and Liz and says, and I got my wide receivers. Holy shit. Dude, I popped in 2021 at something Flair said in 1996. They came back from break and Bischoff apologized. Yep. He goes, if we weren't live, we could have censored that whole thing. I'm like, like they didn't need to, but it was still, it was, God, like you said, Flair was in Flair form. Yeah. Doing the dancing. Oh, it my God. Great. Woo. All right, take us into the final the final. All segment. right, so Luger actually shows up for his match. Uh, Luger goes for a shoulder tackle a couple times in the beginning and bounces off. Uh, you know, they're playing against the uh, the size of the giant. He goes for a slam, gets thrown through the ropes. Uh, Flair and Woman and Liz are having dinner ringside. Basically, well, I mean, you got to eat after you just it, had a wrestling know, match. That, he just won. He's famished. Right. Uh, <laughs> he was dressed with it with the robe. So uh, the match ends up spilling it to the outside, and it ends up at the dinner table, and Giant just choke slams him through the table. Woman's cr- took too long to clear off the table. Yeah, I, it, it killed me that he long. he lifts the candle, takes a plate, moves a couple things, and then grabs the <laughs> entire uh, it, yeah. right the white what like the uh the tablecloth. What the fuck the tablecloth i was like the table rod no the tablecloth just pulls it off i'll be like well that took quite some time there yeah, buddy right? it was kind of an anticlimactic choke slam but different what i like about that is that luger went parallel with the table as opposed to opposite or whatever you want to call it normally everybody puts their back right. in the dead center of the table right. 
he went long way with the table, uh, which I hadn't seen in such a long yeah, time. Cool. I thought that was kind of a cool spot. Yeah. Uh, what's And that's how they went off the yeah, air. Well, Except it was weird. Did, what? Bobby Heenan? What about Bobby? Did you see Bobby he, Heenan? He was smiling. Was going off the air? He, was, he had this like smile, like uh, almost like an I told you so smile. He was, and he goes, but then he went like he had his head to his to his ear, or his hand to his ear. He's like listening, and he goes, wait, oh, oh my God. And then they would just, that's it, and they cut. And they went to the NBA game. And I was like, uh, I'm like, that was a good way to tease. I'm oh, like, that's smart, good heel shit. But I'm like, what are we? What are we gearing towards? But it could be maybe this whole Four Horsemen, Flair, Mongo, Savage, Woman, Liz, all this stuff. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I said it, man. Nitro put on a much better show. Yeah. Goldust grinding Taker didn't do it for me. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson versus Skip and Zip sucked. Yeah, it did. JBL versus Eldo Montoya. It all sucked other than the main event. I liked Nitro actually produced some good matches. I liked, Benoit and Taylor was great. I like the Undertaker Goldust stuff. I just so you I would, would. <laughs> your de facto <laughs> response. Uh and HBK, but I, I agree with you. Nitro was better on the whole. At least we had HBK and Triple H, so that that was cool. But uh, you know, here and here's the funny thing: for a go home show, I don't think it was really that good, but it was still a better show. Well, because they're really they're leaning on the lottery, so sure. you can't really. I mean, other than Savage and Flair, and Flair teaming with yeah. each other, that is your only storyline heading in because nobody is supposed to really know who you're fighting, right? I think. I don't know. That's just me guessing. I don't know. We'll find out. It's a good out. excuse. Um, Better up. Oh, God. Hear them call. <laughs> nope. Ladies and gentlemen, the top of wrestling is finishing its sixth episode of the third season. Thank you guys so very much for listening to us once again. And especially if you are listening to us on Amazon, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, Pandora, I don't know, whatever. Most people probably Spotify, I would I would assume, who knows. But we appreciate it when you do subscribe, like, and share. And as always, you know, oh, shit, shit, shit. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, last week, it was the Rocky Saga. Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you that. My bad. <laughs> My bad. It ain't over I'm sure you could have figured it out with. That was horrible. <laughs> One more room. Yeah. All right. But next week, when we get back, we're going to be talking slamboree. We're going to be having our top topic, which is. Did you pick nope. one yet? For the greatest match ever debate. Seven days, my friend, from now, we're going to discuss. And I, for the sake of argument, I hope we both just have the same match. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's a good match. All right, cool. All right, let's <laughs> talk done. about 96. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. We bring a good wrestling, good flicks. And ODM this week is going to leave us with our movie quote of the week. And he's going to do it in the form of... The great Kali. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm thank God. <laughs> okay, I'll play. No. Okay. <laughs>
This week, ODM is going to leave us after I saw him this week on Raw, cutting a promo. I said that's who he's got to end his week as. Movie quote of the week as Paul Bearer. Oh, wait, hold on. Are you crying? There's no crying in wrestling. It's exactly what I wanted it to sound like, I swear to God. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.